Minehead Baptist Church Sermon Podcast for Sunday the 12th of February 2023. Hello and welcome, thank you once again for joining me. My name's James and I'm the web guy here at NBC. This week Paul looked another lesson from Joshua and it was destiny is a choice. The reading is Joshua chapter 24. So let's go and join Paul as he's introducing the service. Lovely to be with you uh, this morning. There are just a few notices for the morning. They um, are, as per the notice sheet, there are just a couple to add. Um, Dave uh, Luckett has sent us a, a text saying thank you to all of those, all of us that have been playing for him and for Ashley. Um, Ashley is uh, in, currently in Musgrove, as you know. He'll be there for a few days, um, but seems to be progressing. So praise God for the prayers. And Dave said to say thank you to all of you for your prayers and later on there'll be an opportunity in our service to bring him before him and Ashley before God again secondly to say there's one notice not on the notice sheet it's for the men of the church there's a men's grudge evening I mean sorry there's a men's skittles night on on Wednesday the 22nd of February at the Foresters Arms in Dunster at seven o'clock now, there's two things about this that will attract the men. The first is, food will be available to order. So, this is not without food, gentlemen. The second is, what's eaten on Men's Skittles Night stays secret on Men's Skittles Night. So, if you want a pudding... Anyway, get my drift. Come along to the Men's Skittles Night a week on Wednesday. Thirdly, this Wednesday, can you just pray? Uh, Tommy is moving to Minehead this Wednesday. Um, I'm going to ask you to do two things for me. Bless Ian and Alwyn. He's going to spend a night with me and Lorraine, so you can pray for him for that if you want. But, but then he's going to be uh, going and spending some time with Ian and Alwyn before uh, he moves to a, a more permanent residence later in the year. Um, but just pray. Pray for him to settle in. Now, this is a young man that has been away before, I understand that. Been to university and, and, and worked in Belfast and all that sort of thing. But this is new. This is moving and the ministry. So could we hold him in our prayers? That means he'll be here next Sunday, but we intend to let him settle in a bit gently. He'll be worshipping with us next Sunday rather than full-on doing all that he's going to do. So we're just going to help him settle into our church family. Lastly but not leastly, just to say, all of us this week will have been touched. I I want to use the word personally challenged as to how I might respond to that devastating earthquake in Turkey and in Syria. I know that many of you may already give, or may have already given via the Disasters Emergency Committee, but we as a leadership felt we wanted as a church to respond and give you the opportunity to respond with us. So you'll see in in the front of the platform is a basket. Both this week and next week, we'd we'd, uh, love you if you're able to respond with us. We're going to pray later in the service, twice actually, once with our children and and then again later on. But if you want to respond by giving a donation, please come and put that in the basket either today or next week. We're going to send those monies to Tear Fund. After a bit of research, we've managed to ascertain that every single penny that's being sent to that uh, appeal at Tear Fund is going to local partners who are currently working on the ground to relieve some of the suffering 
And that has two benefits. It means that, three actually, all the money we give will go there. Secondly, it means that it will be used locally. And thirdly, because these people are already working in the area, swiftly and effectively. Friends, this is those moments when the heart breaks, doesn't it, when you see those pictures on telly, when we realise the suffering and the de devastation. So all I simply ask you to do, this week or next week, is please consider how you will respond. And whether via this route or by another route, let's respond with the love of Christ. As we come to worship this morning, let's pray. Father God, sometimes when we see these disasters happening, it pulls at our heartstrings. It makes us realise how blessed and lucky we are to live where we live. Help us to see as you see. This morning, Lord, help us to acknowledge in our worship that we're in the presence of Holy God. And therefore, let us respond as your heart would respond, in love, with care, with grace. Help us, Lord, this morning to be filled with your Holy Spirit and not just to sit here satisfied that we're filled but to respond in the power and love and grace of your prompting in Jesus name we pray Amen well Roy Roy's over there I'm going to say you're leading the band today Roy yeah, we, are, we are few but beautifully formed <laughs> Good morning all, good morning family. Um, this week, Jenny and I, uh, that's Jenny, my wife, in case we've got visitors. Um, we were, we've been reading Exodus this week, and we were struck by verses in chapter 29 of Exodus concerning the holiness of God and the requirements, the, the incredible requirements for Aaron and the priests before they entered the holy presence. And we were thinking, in contrast, today, you know, we can tend to take God for granted. We can rush into worship, treating him with almost casual disregard sometimes. But we worship your mighty creator and sustainer of the universe. And we need to keep that profound truth before us. What I'd like you to do, something different this morning, can I ask you to... Close your eyes, you're going to be transported miraculously to Jerusalem. And we hear the sound of the shofar. I don't know about you, but, but I really meant what I said earlier on about the fact that this earthquake has touched <clears throat> my heart. 
And, uh, and one way that's touched it is this week I read a report from UNICEF about the effect of ch on children of the tragedy. I want to say to you, young, you youngsters here, if you consider yourself young, that might mean from 80 below, we love having you here. We are blessed having you here. And we must always, always remember that and pray. But I want to invite you this morning to pray with us about the children that are affected in those disasters, in that disaster. Bluntly, children are the most vulnerable when natural disasters happen because things like health and clean water and hygiene and sanitation kind of break down. But of course, it's also true, let's be honest, that there's also the breakdown of education. And there are those that would seek to use and abuse the situation and use and abuse children. We've seen wonderful pictures of children. Who has seen a picture of a child this week being pulled from the rubble? Oh, you're not so sure. Okay, who's seen a picture of a child or a video of a child or a news item of a child? That's brilliant and lovely. But UNICEF say that the number of children that have died is probably measurable in the thousands. For every parent that delights, there's a parent that grieves. Many more that do so, actually. So we decided, me and Richard together, that instead of having any sort of children's item, we would call our children to pray with us for the children of Turkey and Syria. That means if, if you want to say a prayer and you want to say it out loud and you're young, less than 80, or you're old, over than 80, please join us. We want to make this a family thing because we want to respond to those children in that way. Please join us and please pray. Father, we come this morning and look at pictures that defy belief. Father, we see pictures that we never have known ourselves. Father, we cry out to you. Have mercy, we pray. Father, we pray for the work going on. Father, the rescue work that even now continues. Father, we pray that you would be a comfort and a strength. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So pray with me. We pray for those children affected by this earthquake in Syria and in Turkey. We acknowledge, Lord, the fact that the needs are different in each country. But I, I invite you, wherever you are in this church, however old you are, to simply bring your prayers. And in a sentence or two, no more, to pray out loud. Don't be worried if you're praying and someone else is praying. God can deal with more than one prayer at the time. But please pray.
Father God, we join with the church worldwide and pray for that situation, for safe water and nutrition. That all, Lord, every child may have access to safe drinking water, to sanitation and to nutrition. We acknowledge how critical that is in preventing illness amongst children. We pray for the children that they would have access to health care and medical supplies. We pray, Lord, that those who are now displaced, who no longer have a home, whose every possession may indeed have been wrecked, that they would have access to clean water and health information and community one with another. We pray for the work of those involved in child protection, including the work to identify unaccompanied children and reunite them with their families. We pray for their protection and their safety. And Lord, we pray that those children would be provided with the first aid, not just physical, but psychological and the trauma counselling they may need. And that, Lord, that may start with a safe place for them to rest and play. And Lord, we pray that it won't be long before they're back in the education system. Acknowledging that many schools have now closed because they're now temporary houses for those affected children and family. Lord, please, we pray, we beg, make the classroom a place of safety and make this place of safety the beginning to the time when they may return to a place they can call home. And so we bring the, ch the children of Turkey and Syria to you, praying also for our own children, because you love all children. May we who are blessed, child and adult alike, not just acknowledge your blessing, but act on it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to also pray some more later on for this situation in Turkey. But thank you for praying with us. I think, Roy, before our young people go out, we're going to sing another worship song. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, yeah can I ask you to stand and before the, before the, uh, children, before the children go out? Uh, we're just going to stand and sing. Um, it's appropriate, um, this song. There is none like you. Suffering children are safe in your arms. Whatever happens to them, Lord, they are safe in your arms. Okay, there is none like you. none like you lord no one else can touch our hearts like you do we pray heavenly father this morning that as the children leave for their activities that you will touch their hearts this morning lord can i encourage you to pray for them as they go out just lift your hand and pray pray over them as they go pray that they may be blessed You know, every time they leave the church, every time they come into the church, I kind of am taught a lesson by our young people. I've just seen 
uh, one young person, won't name them because that, would, that might embarrass them, but I've just seen them skipping. <laughs> now, they're either skipping because they're glad to be out of church, or they're skipping because they're going to their form of worship. I like to prefer the second rather than the first. But either way, may this church be filled with the enthusiasm of a child. And may we learn from them just as much as they learn from us. Friends, we're going to come before our Lord with our prayers of intercession. We're going to use open doors at prayers today for praying for that Syrian uh, Turkey situation. But we're also going to bring the church, bring each other, bring individuals before the Lord. And that's where I want to invite you to join me. If this morning you know on your, there's someone on your heart that you want to pray for, then can I invite you just to say their name or even a sentence of prayer that we may join with you. So the cool thing is that your prayers are unique to you and God. So only you pray like only you can. That's amazing. Because it means when I add amen to your prayers and you add amen to mine, the Lord honours that. So can I invite you to pray with me? Father God, we acknowledge before you the needs of many within this community. And this morning we come in prayer. I invite you, dear church, whether this is your first time here, or you've been coming here for many, many years. To lift up before God in this place those who the Lord puts on your heart for prayer. That we may go amen together and the Lord may be praised. Don't worry, don't be slow. Come and bring your prayers before him. So this morning, Lord... For those we have named out loud and those on our hearts, we come before you. Acknowledging the reality when you said that we would do immeasurably more than you did. How can that be when you healed the sick? Managed to bind together the brokenhearted. Comforted those who mourn. Lord, it's possible because we come in prayer and we pray that you would act in the life of everyone we've prayed about, said or unsaid. That supernaturally, Lord, by the power and grace of the Holy Spirit, you would do more than we ever thought possible, or, or even, Lord, which, that which our minds could conceive. So we pray for those folk, that by the supernatural grace, they would be healed. And their lives would glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We pray for this town of Minehead, Lord. Oh, we long for it to be seen as yours. Mm. Help us, show us the part we have to play so that all will come to know and love you. Lord, may we not be slow in acting as you would have us act. May we be swift in speaking as you would have us speak. And may, Lord, with discernment, we be quiet when you want to speak. Father God, bless this town, we pray. Bless this community. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. And Lord, once again, we turn our attention to Syria and Turkey. We pray for those who've been affected by those huge earthquakes. For many Christians in the region that's been affected, the earthquake comes on top of years of conflict and persecution from the so-called Islamic State as well as family and friends. We thank you for the pastors, ministers, who, Lord, stand, will be standing today amidst the rubble and declaring the love of Jesus. And pray, Lord, that as your name is declared, many would acknowledge you as Lord. We pray for those who've been affected, that they would have food and warmth, for those that are already being persecuted in the region. Lord, not that they would have more persecution, but that somehow in the midst of all that's going on, the love of Christ will be reflected and burst through. May you strengthen the church that remains. Help people not only to survive, but to thrive. And with the help of relief, turn their attention once again to the hope of Christ. We pray for wisdom for Open Doors partners in the region as they seek to serve communities. We pray for comfort for those who mourn. And we pray that the churches will be beacons of hope equipped to help communities. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. This is a quote, dear church, just to share with you. Just to, sometimes in the midst of all this stuff we go, wow. This is a quote from a pastor who is in uh, uh, the uh, affected area of Syria. This is what he says. We want the love of Christ to be reflected in what we're doing. All churches are now working together to serve Christians living in Aleppo and helping them to survive. Thank what you. a wonderful statement. All churches are now working together. Praise be to God. Amen. Amen. Let's worship. Thank you. We're going to stay in an attitude of prayer as, it's, and it's a really a, as we sing this next song, which is a, really a personal prayer. Because we can say to, we can each of us say to the Lord, thank you, thank you for saving me. If you want to stand for this or you want to sit, feel free, whichever you. Thank you for as we come to, as we come to God's word in Joshua. Uh, 24. Now, then Joshua assembled all the tribes of Israel at Shechem. He summoned the elders, the leaders, the judges, and officials of Israel, and they presented themselves before God. Joshua said to all the people, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Long ago, your forefathers, including Terah, the father of Abraham, and Nahor, lived beyond the river and worshipped other gods. But I took your father, Abraham, from the land beyond the river 
and led him throughout Canaan and gave him many descendants. I gave him Isaac, and to Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. I assigned the hill country of Seir to Esau, but Jacob and his sons went down to Egypt. Then I sent Moses and Aaron, and I afflicted the Egyptians by what I did there, and I brought you out. When I brought your fathers out of Egypt, you came to the sea, and the Egyptians pursued them with chariots and horsemen as far as the Red Sea, but they cried to the Lord for help, and he put darkness between you and the Egyptians. He brought the sea over them and covered them. You saw with your own eyes what I did to the Egyptians. Then you lived in the desert for a long time. I brought you to the land of the Amorites who lived east of the Jordan. They fought against you, but I gave them into your hands. I destroyed them from before you and, when you, and you took possession of their land. When Balak, son of Zippor, the king of Moab, prepared to fight against Israel, he sent for Balaam son of Beor, to put a curse on you. But I would not listen to Balaam. So he blessed you again and again, and I delivered you out of his hand. Then you crossed the Jordan and came to Jericho. The citizens of Jericho fought against you, as did the, as did the Amorites, Perizzites, Canaanites, Hittites, Girgashites, Hivites, and Jebusites. But I gave them into your hands. I sent the hornet ahead of you, which drove them out before you, also the two Amorite kings. You did not do it with your own sword and bow, so I gave you a land on which you did not toil, and cities you did not build, and you live in them, and eat from vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. Now, fear the Lord, and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your forefathers worshipped before the river, beyond the river and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your forefathers served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Then the people answered, Far be it from us to forsake the Lord, to serve other gods. It was the Lord, our God himself, who brought us and our fathers up out of Egypt from that land of slavery and performed those great signs before our eyes. He protected us on our entire journey and among all the nations through which we traveled. And the Lord drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites who lived in the land. We, too, will serve the Lord because he is our God. Joshua said to the people, You are not able to serve the Lord. He is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, he will turn and bring disaster on you and make an end of you after he has been good to you. But the people said to Joshua, No! We will serve the Lord. Then Joshua said, You are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen to serve the Lord. Yes, we are witnesses, they replied. Now then, said Joshua, throw away the foreign gods that are among you 
and yield your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, We will serve the Lord our God and obey him. On that day, Joshua made a covenant for the people, and there at Shechem he drew up for them decrees and laws. And Joshua recorded these things in the book of the law of God. Then he took a large stone and set it up there under the oak near the holy place of the Lord. See, he said to all the people, this stone will be a witness against us. It has heard all the words the Lord has said to us. It will be a witness against you if you are untrue to your God. Then Joshua sent the people away, each to his own inheritance. After these things, Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110, and they buried him in the land of his inheritance at Timnath, Serah, in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gash. Israel served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and of the elders who outlived him and who had experienced everything the Lord had done for Israel. And Joseph's bones, which the Israelites had brought up from Egypt, were buried at Shechem in the tract of land that Jacob bought for a hundred pieces of silver from the sons of Hamor, the father of Shechem. This became the inheritance of Joseph's descendants. And Eliezer, son of Aaron, died and was buried at Gibeah, which had been allotted to his son Phinehas in the hill country of Ephraim. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen. I wonder about you. I want to make this statement. It's on my first slide, which Brian's going to put up. I choose to trust God. What about you? During World War II, Winston Churchill was forced to make a very painful choice. The British Secret Service had, according to his own memoirs, just a few days before, broken the Nazis' secret enigma code. And they'd informed Churchill that the Germans were going to bomb Coventry in central England. Churchill was presented with two alternatives. Firstly, he could evacuate the citizens of, the, of Coventry and save hundreds of lives, but at the expense of indicating to the Germans that the code was broken. Or he could take no action, which would potentially kill hundreds but would keep the information flowing and possibly save many more lives. Churchill chose. He chose to follow the second course. There he is, walking through the devastated ruins of Coventry Cathedral. We come from the Midlands, or we came here from the Midlands. It's just so moving. If you ever get the chance to go and just walk through the devastated cathedral and then go to the brand new cathedral that's next door to see this ornate place, but before it, to come and see the simple wooden cross that was made out of the rubble. I'm, I'd say go. This is what Churchill said about his actions. Sometimes the consequences of our choice can be devastating. But if it will be for the future good... We had to make a decision. 
See, the truth is, you either choose to trust God, or you don't. And if you make the choice not to choose, you've made your choice not to trust. Do you trust God? That's one thing that comes through loud and clear, because according to Joshua chapter 24, destiny is a choice. And life is a series of choices, isn't it? We had to make choices every day. And just to prove it, I do not come with such sartorial elegance as you see me in today without choosing which colour goes with what. Or without letting the rain choose which colour. <laughs> you get my point, don't you? We make a series of choices every day, don't we? We do it naturally. It's part of who we are as human beings. And some of our choices have far-reaching consequences, lest we know. We all know that in our lives. And some, not so far reaching. But those choices help determine the character, the direction, the destiny, destiny, and choosing to say yes to Christ, the eternity of our life. Learning what to choose and how to choose is really important. Now, in one sense, you could say that the whole of the book of Joshua is a book of choice. Last week, we saw how the walls come tumbling down. It's chapter 6. But do you remember? Bring the walls down is Joshua's call. God's call on Joshua's life too. A time when the Israelites chose to follow God. We followed that nation, that ramshackle bunch really, as they'd been urged to be strong and courageous. See how God was with them in Rahab's house. See how Rahab herself chose God. Sin, how he's been with them as they made the choice to cross the Jordan. And now choosing God's battle plan worked as the walls come tumbling down. We're going to skip forward a number of chapters now from chapter 6 to 24. Because right at the end of the book, we see a different situation. War's over. 30 years of peace they've had. Joshua, in the sunset years of his life, at the age of 110, good old age, isn't he? gathers the leaders at Shechem for a final farewell. Do you remember when we started looking at this book of Joshua, I told you that I felt we needed to look at the book to learn the lessons well. That God was speaking to us through the words of the book and that we needed to hear those words if the walls of the church were to come down. Friends, as I've been preparing for today, I believe that the last few weeks can be distilled down into one very simple message. And it's what God wants us all to hear. For me, for you, for the church as a whole. So this is what I believe God is saying to us. It's your choice as to whether the walls of this church come down. But if you want them to come, to come down, then you must choose my way and choose me wholly. If we don't choose God wholly, these walls will not come down. But if we do, they'll crumble. Joshua chapter 24 verses 14 to 15. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away your gods, your, the gods your ancestors worshipped before the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served before beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. 
Who of you is thinking of the children's song? As for me and my... You know the song? But it's true, isn't it? It's a song taught to our children, but the truth is we should declare we serve the Lord. Because Joshua 24 verse 20 tells of the opposite. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, he will turn and bring disaster on you and make an end of you after he's been good to you. On the surface, therefore, we read on a bit. It appears they made the right choice. Three times they promised, don't they, to serve God alone. But bluntly, you've only got to read on a little to realise that they've merely given lip service to that commitment. What about you? Is your service to the Lord merely lip service? Look at Joshua, chapter 24, verse 31. Israel served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and of the elders who outlived him and who'd experienced everything the Lord had done for Israel. But the time... But by the time we get to the next book of the Bible, actually the book of Judges, we find that people had already began to violate their promise. You don't have to read far into that book to see what happens. Judges, chapter 2, verses 8 to 11. Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. And they buried him in the land of his, an- of his inheritance. After that, the whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors... Another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he'd done for Israel. Then the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord and served the Baals. One generation. Eventually we find those same people that possessed the promised land that were defeated by God, so had their enemies defeated by God, were taken captives. They lost out. Here are God's people receiving God, God's people who follow God, declaring that they're going to go for it, receiving his promise, but their destiny was bad because of the wrong choices they made. They chose not to follow God. Read that. They chose to serve Baal. Destiny is not a chance. Destiny is a choice. So how do we choose the right destiny, individually and collectively? This little passage of Joshua tells us how. Hallelujah, God gives us the answer. Firstly, remember what God's done. Joshua chapter 24 verse 12. You did not do it with your own sword and bow, so I gave you land on which you did not toil and cities you did not build, and you live in them and eat from vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. When people obeyed God, God prospered them. They had a land that they didn't have to labour for, cities that they hadn't built, a harvest they hadn't planted, and all of our blessings, dear mine, have Baptist Church, are blessings from God, and they're God's gift for us, from him. And all the blessings in your life are God's gift to you. One of the ways to keep our focus in life And to choose him is to remember what God has done. Hallelujah that I don't stand here today because of any accident, but because God has built this church up through the saints that have gone before us. Friends, we stand on the shoulders of saints. 
Let's remember what God's done. What about you? Where's your focus? Is it on yourself and what you've done or what God's done? What about this church? Do we have the attitude of, well, we're all right. Trust in ourselves. Or do we go, well, we have to give God the glory. It's in our heart. Let's be honest, if we want the walls of the church to come down, we have to remember what God has done individually and as a church. Then we need to do something else. We need to be like Joshua, who didn't focus on what he did, but what God did. The secret to bringing the walls of this church down is frankly to forget ourselves and follow him. Secondly, we need to get off the fence. Joshua twenty four fourteen. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods of your ancestors who worship sorry, the gods your ancestors worshipped before the Euphrates River and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. Joshua urges people to fear the Lord and serve him faithfully. And he knows something. The biggest danger wasn't that they wouldn't worship God. It was that they would develop a religion that just mixed God in with all the other gods and all the other priorities of life. Frankly, God's more jealous than that. He demands the whole of you. And Joshua is saying, don't mix God with different priorities. Don't serve two masters. You may remember Jesus had something to say about that. One of the biggest dangers for Christians today is this. Not that we Christians will reject Jesus, but that we Christians will add Jesus into our lives along with other things. He'll become an add-on. We live in a fence-walking world, don't we? Ours is a world that's grown comfortable with partial commitment. I want to thank publicly Jules who sent me a picture of him and the mighty Gully. And you're going to go, who's Gully? Gully's the Brighton mascot. Yes, it is true to say that Jules has a picture of him and the Brighton mascot. You see, the truth is, he knew I was a Brighton fan. Of course I am. And when I go to see a Brighton football match, something amazing happens. I get in the stand, the players come on, and frankly, I'm the most important there. I know what they should do. Tackle him. Pass the ball. What are you doing? Go forward. Oh, you've dropped it again, which happened last yesterday for the keeper. Do this. Shoot. Go. I'm their 12th man. I'm important. But what would happen if you actually gave me a pair of football boots? And you said, go onto the football pitch. Win the match. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you for my wife, just to let everyone in line know who's called, they'll need a defib. Bless you for that. We've got one here, we're okay. What would happen? The truth is, all of us want to be part of the game. But we also want to heckle from the stands. We're quite comfortable with that. We're quite comfortable being in the stands. This morning... God is saying something to you, to I, dear church. Get off the fence. Give 100% of your devotion to God alone if you're serious about that. And God will take the walls down. Easy, isn't it?
I once heard a story, this is lovely, beautiful romantic story, so I thought I'd share with the ladies, I hope that's okay. Gentlemen, if you're romantic too, you can join me. This is the story of a, a young man who finally plucked up the courage to m- propose marriage to the girl of his dreams. He did it romantically, but the restaurant, dropped to one knee, looked into his beloved eyes and said this, Jane, I know you have many people who admire you. I know I'm not wealthy like Tom. Tom, I recognise I'm not handsome like Tom. I may not be as well educated as Tom, but I love you, Jane. The woman, obviously moved, responded sincerely. Why, I love you too, John. A romantic story. Till she then said, but tell me a little more about Tom. (laughs) So the truth is, when he proposed, he's sitting on the fence, isn't he? (laughs) There he is, square on the fence. And we do that type of fence walking with God too. We laugh, and of course we laugh, and incidentally, I'm not sure if that's a real story or not before someone called John writes into me. But the reality is, we do that, we sit on the fence, we sing, I'll give myself away, use me, I surrender all. Or, earlier on, we sang this, take me, mould me, use me, fill me, I give my life to the potter's hands, call me, guide me, lead me, Walk beside me, I give my life to the potter's hands. The real question is, do we mean it? Or are we going to hold a bit back for ourselves? Or more honestly, a lot back for ourselves. This church wants to be on fire for the Lord. If the walls are going to come down, it's going to cost you your way and us our way. As for me and my house, Joshua declares, we will serve the Lord. So I say, with the rain in full attendance, since she and I are my house, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Can I urge you to do something for me? Stop sitting on the fence. You're getting splinters. What else? Well, we can choose to serve God alone. And incidentally, if you think um, sitting on the fence is a good thing, this is what Jesus says about the church in Laodicea that sits on the fence. Revelation 3.15. I know the deeds that you, I know your deeds, that you're neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you're lukewarm, neither cold or hot, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. Jesus doesn't seem to have a good thing to say. Thirdly, we just choose to serve God alone. Choose him. That was Joshua's challenge to the people. Do they trust the Lord or obey the local gods? What about you? Whom are you trusting this morning? We should choose to stay the course. So now that we've chosen God, let's stay on the right track, focused and finished. Paul puts this really well when he tells us the Christian life's a marathon, not a sprint. 2 Timothy 4 7 I fought the good fight, I finished the race. I've kept the faith. Or 1 Corinthians 9, 24. Do you know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Here's the deal. And it's just my opinion. 
and you won't find it in any kind of commentary, but it's my summary. I think that when Joshua called these people, the Israelites together, the leaders, and he gave them this discourse, he knew something. He knew that all of them believed. But he asked them all to become followers. One of the challenges of the Christian church nowadays is there are a lot of people that believe, aren't there? I wonder how many followers there are. Choose to stay on course. Choose to press on towards the goal. When we choose to follow God, remarkable things happen. But rather than me finishing this time together and sharing with you, I want to invite someone that wants to say something to you to come and share. Liam. Um, so, before I come to mine, Ed, um, I was broken. I was in despair and bound by shame. And unbeknownst to me, God chose for me to come to mine, Ed. I'd lost all my faith. And the first place I come in mine, Ed, was to the Hope Centre, to the church. And I was given love and support and help along on my journey. And God was in action through all of you. And this week, it's, a lot of people have been praying for me. And then prayers have been answered. And I've achieved getting a job. <laughs> but more importantly, my faith in God has returned. And that has been through the support of you. And the guidance and everything that's been given. So, really, I just wanted to say thank you. Um, because you've all helped me and you've brought me back to God and God's got his little plan for me and God is great. You heard it from him, didn't you? You could choose to pray or not, but the prayer supported him. You could choose to love or not, but the love upheld him. You could choose to pray, Lord, bless Liam. And the Lord blessed him. You could choose to say, change his life and may become a follower of you. And pray that into a reality. And guess what? God answers. Because not just did we choose, but Liam chose for God. What do you want to do? It's a choice. Eve chose, didn't she, in the Garden of Eden. Look what happened there. Lot chose by sight. Seemed to me that I mean, he was heading for destruction. But we can choose to serve God. I choose to trust God. What about you? Destiny is a choice. Remember what God has done. Get off the fence. Choose to serve God alone. And choose to stay the course. Keep on pressing in to the Lord, Liam. 
Keep doing that. Keep going, my friend. And if you think, well, how do I get to choose? There was a story once, and it's something that's told to people sometimes when they've come from families where one of the parents is an alcoholic. This is a true story. There were two sisters, um, an alcoholic mother, and what happened was a relative went once one day to see them both to try and help because these two sisters... Oh, I should have told you they're twins. Sorry. These two sisters, one of them had started drinking and become an alcoholic. So the relative went up to the one... I'm just making sure I've got the right words. The relative went up to the alcoholic daughter and asked why she was an alcoholic, and this is what she said. Well, my mother was an alcoholic, so what can you expect? And she went to the daughter that was sober and had never drunk in her life and asked her why she was sober. And this is what she said. Well, my mother was an alcoholic, so what do you expect? choice. Destiny is a choice. I choose to follow God. I say the walls of this church will come down and I say boldly, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What about you? Amen. Let's pray. I pray, Lord, that you would, oh, you just speak to us and if nothing that what I said makes any sense, Lord, I pray that you would just speak into the hearts of every individual here. That you reveal changes that we need to make in our life. That you would prompt us and challenge us and guide us. But Lord, this morning I also pray for those that wish to stand and say, I choose for God. I trust you. And so boldly this morning, Lord, I simply pray, as for me and my house, as for me and this church, we will serve the Lord. Lord, make that a reality and bless the reality, I pray, not for our benefit, but for your glory. Take us, mould us, Use us, fill us. We give our lives to the potter's hand. Call us, guide us, lead us, walk beside us. We give our lives to the potter's hand. Willingly and say, thy will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Roy is going to lead us in some final worship. Thank you, Paul. I must be, I must be feeling, feeling my age. Uh, this song I've chosen um, is very old. Uh, but it is appropriate because it says in here, Uh, we've got to be a city, a light to the nation, heirs to the promise, a people whose life is in Jesus, a nation together we stand. It's an army of ordinary people. Let's stand.
Can I invite you to stay standing? You know, choice is a lovely word. But actually, if you think of Joshua, their choice is followed by action. I want to give you space and time this morning to, to just cement your choice. So I'm going to suggest you do one of three things, which means no one will ever know if you're choosing to follow him or not. Only you and your Lord. At this moment in time, as we pray, if you wish, you may choose to sit. Or you may choose to stand. Or you may choose to put your hand in the air. Or you may choose not. But either way around, choose. Make that choice positive to you. Let's bring ourselves before the Lord and choose. Father God, we choose you. Because you have made this church into an army of ordinary people. We choose you. We choose to follow you, Lord, to believe you, Lord, to accept you, Lord. We choose to lay down our ways and pick up your ways. We choose to say, let the walls of this church come crumbling down. We choose the way of the Lord. And we choose to make the words of that song ours. I will trust in the potter's hands. Whatever that looks like for you, whatever that looks like this morning, can I invite you to choose that now? For those of you here who didn't know quite what was going on there, Sue gave a prophetic word in tongues and Alec gave that interpretation as scripture says. Words from the Lord we should hold on to. Dear church, I also bring what God put on my heart this morning for you. If you choose for me, then the walls of your life will not only come down, they will stay down. If you choose for me, then the walls of this church will not only come down, but I will build new walls where they ought to be. If you, my people, choose for you, then not only will the walls come down, but the Holy Spirit will flow through. We give every word of prophecy into your hands, Lord, and say, have your way. You are our Father of creation. Amen. Amen.
Just ask you to stay standing and just in case the stewards are worrying, I haven't forgotten the offering. So we're going to take up the offering as we sing our last song. Uh, Brian, we're going to sing uh, Be Thou My Vision, uh, which is a very appropriate uh, after the message we've heard. we read of a thing uh, so-called the priestly blessing. Why is it there? Because the reality is that whatever they were involved with, whatever was going on, this priestly blessing was a way of the priests asking for God's divine favour to rest on every single person. Mm -hmm. And that's my prayer for you this week, that God's divine presence may be with you and you may choose for him. And next week we may come back together and go, we have chosen for the Lord. What will the Lord do? Well, hallelujah, it's his church, and I don't know. This is the blessing on your life. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance towards you and give you his peace. Choose for the Lord. He has chosen you. Amen. To leave a comment, please go to minehead-baptist.com slash sermons. We'll thank you once again for listening, and I'll speak to you soon.